Lads, that there was no more behind, but such a day tomorrow as today, and to be a boy eternal. William Shakespeare At its soul, baseball remains a little boy's game. In a complicated, cynical world, we sometimes forget that simple fact. We lose touch with baseball's timeless foundation. Baseball endures because it is a little boy's game, a game intended to be played with a little boy's gusto and grit and giddiness and glee. The noble, the naughty, the hero, and the villain team up out on the baseball diamond, where there's usually a tomorrow and there's always a next year. Baseball was born for fun, pure summer fun, the kind of fun too many serious types chuck behind them on the sandlots of their youth. And it's supposed to make you happy. You can toss the ball around, soak in that rare day in June, smell the fresh-mowed grass, whack the ball, chase the ball, dive after it, slide after it. Forget dignity. Forget the rest of the world. Forget the real world. Play ball. If you're Ernie Banks, play too. In our collective soul, we want baseball to be a sport that captures carefree youth and keeps it in a bottle for us to grow old with. We don't want baseball to be an industry. Despite what some naysayers say, big money has not deflowered our national pastime. But it has changed the way fans view the game and its stars. Big money tends to filter the figures in the baseball diamond through the color green, and only the color green. Too often, modern fans glare right past the boys of summer. They look beyond the exuberance of youth. They ignore the gifted young athlete in the glory of his times and focus, instead, on an ungrateful millionaire earning in a single year what the average fan would kill to collect in a lifetime. What's worse, fans see too many guys who don't really love the game, at least not the way little boys love the game. They see players who don't appreciate the game the way baseball deserves to be appreciated, the way America, in its collective soul, wants its national pastime to be appreciated. They see too many players who remind them of their own co-workers at their own workplaces, the types who don't give at the office, the types who won't go the extra mile even when the team needs it. And they boo, especially in Philadelphia. So a great game has become, in many a fan's mind, a bit jaded, a bit blasé, a bit formulaic. But then, every once in a while, a team touches the man-child in all of us. A band of ball players comes along and recaptures the fun and little kid thrill of hitting and catching and fielding a baseball. Which brings us to the 93 Philadelphia Phillies, a team that brought color and fun to the national pastime. With their blazing best-in-franchise history start in 1993, they got the hometown excited and engaged in their romp right off the bat. Their quirky, crazy, devil-may-care off-field antics and their anti-establishment on-field look soon intoxicated the fans in Philadelphia. They couldn't get enough of this crew. The Phils drew everyone into their fun with off-the-wall shenanigans, quips, hot foots, and shaving cream-filled pies that got shoved into everyone's faces during interviews. By season's end, the Phils had become national figures, mostly for their outlaw persona. They were dubbed America's Most Wanted Team when they took on Atlanta's powerhouse Braves in the National League Championship Series. A week later, America's Most Wanted Team had converted its critics and become Team America battling Team Canada in a thrilling World Series. In an era when stars are scrubbed, buff, and GQ-friendly, the 93 Phils were poster boys for the Beer Pretzels Backyard Horseshoes set. They offended some people along the way. They ruffled feathers. They scuffled. Modesty and manners were not their forte. 
They spit and scratched in all the wrong places, especially when a camera was rolling. They were Peck's bad boys in pinstripes, rowdy and raucous, but they were real. Ultimately, that's what spun the turnstiles. The 93 Phils drew hordes of fans to Veteran Stadium. The Phils exceeded the three million mark for the first and only time in the franchise's 119-year history. In fact, the 1993 Phils bested the Quaker City's second-highest year in attendance by more than 300,000 people, and that includes all the combined team yearly totals for the half-century-plus that Philly rooted for two hometown teams. Even today, the 93 Phils remain the city's darlings, as popular in Rocky City as a weekend beer sale. General Manager Lee Thomas took a sagging last-place jalopy of a franchise and transformed it into a macho machine that revved through a magical season on high-grade testosterone.